What is good, everybody? It's your boy, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker, and we're back for another episode of the Eric Crocker Show to talk all things Kyle Shanahan. And what is his ideal quarterback? He told us what his ideal quarterback, but I think there's this kind of battle going on in, in his brain with kind of what he wants, but what he likes, but what's the most ideal quarterback for him? And this isn't a random conversation. Some stuff with Donovan McNabb came up. I started to look back into the RG3 stuff. Obviously, there's this quarterback talk between who they should have drafted, Matt Jones, Trey Lance. So I wanted to kind of like give my perspective on it. And then, of course, of course, get y'all perspective on it. Bring bring y'all on live uh, so I can hear what y'all thoughts on thoughts are on all of this as well. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope everybody is having a great morning. Listen, I um I just got done working out and I was on Instagram. A lot of good stuff on Instagram. Side note, I've been learning how to cook because I see all these little recipes and stuff on Instagram. I try it and I'm like, wow, what do you know? It's good. And uh, now I refer to myself as Chef Crocky. All right. But uh, aside from all that and me cooking and everything, hey, real quick, uh, with me learning how to cook now, I feel like you know, like I like Thanos, like I got the final infinity stone, right? Because I do everything else, you know, in my family. Well, um, my wife about to make a lot of money with this nursing stuff in California, a lot of money. All right. Nah, I think I still make one of her. All right. So, anyways, in my family, you know, I'm the breadwinner, right? I, I, I make the money, I train, I, I work out, I, I clean, I do the yard work. All right. So, I, sometimes I'll call myself, you, if you might see it on Twitter, uh, uh, landscaper crocky art but the last thing that i needed to learn how to do was cook and now i got it i got that final infinity stone so now i'm thanos crocky that's why i'm gonna start changing my name to thanos crocky all right but um <laughs> learn how to cook man is good man and you know you should be cooking your food anyways but working out there's a lot of good stuff for your 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 brain. It releases all kinds of stuff, and it makes you feel good, and it kind of cures certain things and stuff like that. Man, just work out, work out. Uh, get y'all workouts in, man, and make you guys uh, have a lot of energy in the morning. A lot of energy. Let's go. Let's go. All right. But anyways, I'm excited. I don't know why I'm so excited to talk 49 football with y'all. If y'all haven't already, hit the like button and we also got Underdog Fantasy. Where is it at? Right, uh, right, right there. Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. Uh, you know, download the app or go to underdogfantasy.com. All that good stuff, man. And uh, man, got a lot of good stuff. They got the they got the uh features coming up, and I'm about to put out my official ones, and we might do like a whole show on it. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow we'll do a feature on 49ers offensive players, their their stats. That you know, they're gonna hit the higher or lowers on all their numbers, and we'll have an in-depth conversation about that with whatever y'all think, man. And we'll have a good time with that. Underdog fantasy. Download it right now and use promo code Crocky. All right, let's get to the show. We got Fish and Chips right here, and he says, Kyle's perfect quarterback is himself. You, you know what? And Brian Peacock, locked on 49ers, we come at you five days a week. He often says, you know, Kyle Shanahan wishes he was the quarterback. And, and I think there is definitely some truth to that in a, in a sense. All right, we're going to talk about, you know, about Kyle and who he is. This conversation comes up because, again, social media. But also, when you talk about the 49ers down there every day, 
I see comments. I, I see the YouTube channel. Obviously, the 49ers quarterback position is a very, very, very hot topic. Uh, so, I mean, you can make shows out of it every day. And it gets a little, like, tiring at times. I'm kind of tired of talking about the quarterback situation. But when things come up that, that I think are interesting, it's like, all right, let, let, let's talk about those things. And I see the comments. And I had a great guest on. And I heard some people that kind of, oh, why do you have guests like this on? You know, he said that Brock Purdy was horrible in college. Listen, I didn't watch Brock Purdy in college. All right. And, well, I didn't watch Brock Purdy and know who Brock Purdy was. But I do have this one clip that I posted. And this is when Brock Purdy was at Iowa State. All right. So this is the only thing prior to the 49ers drafting Brock Purdy. And I don't even know if I said anything when they drafted him. This is the only thing that I have of Brock Purdy ever. All right, so here we go. So you guys are going to be able to see this. So this is it. I need to mute this. And I was like, where is this quarterback going? So where's my where's my uh, comment at? Right here. That's a clean pocket. Where the hell are you going? So this is December 29, 2021. So obviously this is prior to the 49ers drafting Brock Purdy. I, you know, I, I knew I knew the name, but I didn't really – watch him specifically but i have this one play and it's funny when you read the comments and you see a lot of people and what they said about brock purdy at this time as opposed to kind of what they say about him now there were some people that liked him but in the comments they're like man i've been watching brock purdy for years this is just him you know he's just he's skittish he runs out of the pocket he does this he does that and it's like you know that was kind of the narrative on brock purdy prior to the draft and then now you see him like overcoming a lot of that and it's really cool to see that all right but when my guy that was on said Brock, Brock Purdy was pretty garbage in college. You can say he was great. You can say he was this good guy. Ultimately, he was the very last pick in the draft. And that doesn't mean that he was always going to be bad or he was going to be bad or he's going to suck in the NFL. But that just lets you know what they felt about him as a prospect coming out of college, the last pick in the draft. <laughs> I mean, so that means teams passed on him like, Nine, ten times each. And not even to be, obviously not a starter, but not a backup, probably not even a third string, and really a guy that they were probably projecting to not make an NFL roster. Matter of fact, if you look at the quote tweets in there, one of the guys said uh, he'll be in the CFL. <laughs> so obviously he's not in the CFL. Obviously I think he's going to be an NFL quarterback for a long time. But when my guy came on and said, hey, man, you know, I thought he was horrible in college. I think a lot of other people thought he was too. So I don't think it's like outrageous to to think that that he was maybe not great in college, had a terrific sophomore year. Outside of that, fairly average, an average, an average, and when we say average, like you know, solid, like decent starting quarterback in college football. How does that pertain to the NFL? How does like his skill set translate to the NFL? Obviously, we see it translate now, but projecting it probably was a little bit tougher. All right. Uh, so again, I didn't come on here to specifically talk about Kyle uh, or uh, Brock. We will get to him, but we definitely gonna get more into Kyle Shanahan. So on Locked On 49ers, we talked about how Kyle Shanahan does not like to be told what to do, and part of that was about the conversation between drafting Trey Lance and Mac Jones, and what that conversation looked like was Kyle Shanahan told what to do. And I'm like, 
Kyle doesn't take me as a person that likes to be told what to do. You can go back to this clip from Kyle Shanahan's Cleveland Browns days when he's on the field, you know, office coordinator, young Kyle Shanahan, looked super young, had the baby face. And the head coach, Petten, was right next to him. And Petten was like, hey, I think we should run. And Kyle just looked at him like, he didn't even say anything. He just looked at him. And Penn's like, all right, you know, call your play, whatever you want to call, right? It, it, Kyle, what I took from that was, don't tell me what the fuck to do. This is my show. I run this office, all right? This is my office to show. Don't tell me what to do. And Patton understood that because right away Patton was like, oh, you know what, you got it. Now, you guys can see this clip. It's kind of, it's older now, obviously, but it was very clear from that moment. Once I saw that, I'm like, it's definitely somebody, you know, don't don't even suggest stuff to him. And Peacock and I have gone back and forth over the analytics guy, right? Like, what is the analytics guy's job? And you got, he has an analytics guy. They asked him, like, hey, do you use this guy? And he's like, you know, he's in his ear. He's, he suggests certain things. And Kyle's like, I don't listen to him. I do what I want in the sense of going forward or not going forward on fourth down. All right. So do you think that, Kyle's going to, you know, bypass how he's always been to take or get talked into drafting a quarterback that he does not want. I don't think so. But we're going to start looking at kind of his history on quarterbacks a little bit, what he likes, and what's the ideal quarterback for a situation. Kyle, when he traded up to pick three, was asked what his ideal quarterback quarterback was. And most people said, Kirk Cousins is his ideal quarterback. And he says, well, I love Kirk Cousins. Great quarterback. Anybody would be lucky to have him. But he's not my ideal quarterback. My ideal quarterback is a guy, you know, the biggest, strongest, biggest arm, fastest quarterback who plays from the pocket the best. And I would say that everybody in this chat, my guy Dynamite Dave, uh, this guy, Sound Grips, all right, Jedi, Khalil Young, all right? I said, everybody that I see in the chat right now will probably say the same thing. What is your ideal quarterback? Big, strong, fast, plays great from the pocket. But most of the time, you're not going to get that, or you're not going to get all of those things. Now, there are the outliers. There are, you know, if we see those guys come across every once in a while, Trevor Lawrence is kind of proven to be one of those guys. Uh, obviously, you know, Justin Herbert, wow, how the hell did he slip to seven? But, you know, Herbert and, and what he's able to do. And, you know, so there are those guys that is like, yeah, I could be big, strong, arm, fast, and play well from the pocket. Uh, but most of the time, you're not going to get that. So I think what Kyle, even though his ideal quarterback is very similar to ours, right, big, strong, arm, fast, plays from the pocket, smart, handsome, all those things, like, face of the franchise. He's that guy. Most of the time, you're not going to get it. And I think for Kyle, it's like, you know what? I'm going to look at this guy, Trey Lance, and he might be the closest thing to it. Now, I'm going to get into not only drafting Trey Lance over Mac Jones, but also drafting Trey Lance over Mac Jones, but not looking into Justin Fields. And why some people are like, oh, man, Justin Fields. It's like, mm, that was never going to work with him. Patrick Mahomes are going to bring him up. I don't think Patrick Mahomes would have worked for him. We're, we're going to discuss why. I think it's because of what his ideal quarterback is. So let's let's go back some years, right? And this is kind of the first part of Kyle Shanahan 
and, you know, being an offensive coordinator. Kyle was the offensive coordinator for the Washington, then Redskins. And they signed a guy by the name of, you may have or may not heard of him, Donovan McNabb. All right. When Washington signed Donovan McNabb, and I saw a comment under here and somebody was like, oh, Donovan McNabb was terrible on Washington. And it's like, you know what? You are correct. Donovan McNabb was terrible on Washington. But why? McNabb was coming off of a season where he went 10-4 and with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think ultimately Michael Vick ended up taking over, and we know Michael Vick was kind of balling at, at, at that time, ended up uh, coming well, he's got out of prison, kind of sat for a minute. It was almost like they groomed him. Then all of a sudden, it's like, huh, gotcha. I need that job now, right? And Mike Vick was balling for Philly. But McNabb, 10 and 4, solid year, made the Pro Bowl. All right, not saying the Pro Bowl is crazy, but it just shows, like, you know, hey, probably not trash, right? Then he goes to Washington. And there's a lot of di disagreement on certain things. So McNabb goes on to say, uh, or this might be his agent, he says, I believe there's a tension between Donovan and Kyle that's rooted in the fact that Donovan has suggested modifications to Kyle's offense based on intricacies Donovan has learned in, the, in his NFL career. For example, Donovan asked all year that the team run more screen passes to help manage, uh, manage the pass rush more effectively. Ironically, Kyle decided to em employ Donovan's suggestion after he – uh, uncertain, man, what the, what the hell is that word? Unceremoniously benched him on Sunday. Okay, I, it's, it's kind of broken up, so I can't. What? Unceremoniously, whatever. Anyways, uh, benched him on Sunday after Donovan quickly led the Redskins down the field and scored what appeared to be the game saving drive against Tampa Bay. Kyle was quoted as saying. He'll never take another snap for me again. Remember that statement came after Donovan led the Redskins on one of their best drives of the entire season. All right. Again, a, a lot of this goes to Kyle, and he wants it to be done a very specific way. So even a guy like McNabb, who again, maybe he was done after he maybe he was done after that last year in Philly, but he went 10 and 4. Play well, made a Pro Bowl. Then he comes to the Washington Redskins, then Redskins, and it gets a little weird. And he's suggesting things. And I don't think Kyle wants you to suggest things. I want I think Kyle wants you to do it his way, which will work. Here we go. Yeah, that worked. <laughs> All right. So here's another one. Uh, Kyle uh, McNabb, McNabb has been very vocal about his discord with Kyle and Mike Shanahan, saying that they tried to change his mechanics and force him into the scheme instead of vice versa. What does that mean? All right, we know what that means because there was an article years back that came out where a coach from Kyle Shanahan's office said, and it wasn't any diss or slight or anything like that, but it was, hey, this scheme makes the quarterback, the quarterback does not make the scheme. So they want you to fit into their scheme. And I think if you don't quite fit, they go off on this more drastic version of something completely different, like they did with RG3. We'll get into that. All right. But uh, McNabb ripped the two as re recently as 2012 in an interview with ESPN's first take saying they, they, saying they put their egos ahead of what was best for quarterback 
Robert Griffin III. So, if y'all remember, the Shanahan's, and we're saying Shanahan's, both of them. Mike Shanahan was the head coach. Kyle was the offensive coordinator. The Shanahan's, they did not want RG3. I don't think he was their type of quarterback. Uh, they wanted Russell Wilson. Well, Mike Shanahan wanted Russell Wilson and was willing to draft him in a second. Kyle wanted Kirk Cousins and ultimately still ended up getting Kirk Cousins. But Robert Griffin III came into play because that was who the owner wanted, right? Like, no, take this motherfucker right here, the Heisman Trophy Award winner out of Baylor who's balling. Take him, all right? So you you look at that situation right there between McNabb, between RG3, and really kind of like either changing their style or, hey, you don't play exactly how I want you to play for my offense, so now I'm going to switch you and do this completely different stuff. Right, that maybe they feel like, hey, you'll succeed in this, and we did see RG three succeed for a year uh, in that office. And after that, it kind of went downhill. You know, dealt with the injuries, etc. I, before I continue, I want to make it very clear: I'm not saying any of this to say that Kyle Shanahan or his dad are bad coaches. I think Kyle Shanahan is terrific. I do believe that he is a terrific office of mind. I'm just getting to the point where. I think it's a very specific quarterback that fits in his offense and makes it go. And if he has that type of quarterback, brilliant, right? And maybe he has that with Brock Purdy. All right, we're going to get into that. All right, but um, I'm starting to wonder who fits in Kyle Shanahan's offense. He has succeeded in developing an elite run game with limited talent, but has otherwise had a shaky at-best track record with quarterbacks. In his first two years as an offensive coordinator, he helped Matt Schaub put up impressive numbers for Matt Schaub on Gary Kubiak's uh, offense with the Houston Texans. However, Schaub had similar numbers after Shanahan left. Shanahan crafted together an impressive rookie season from RG3, but that did not, not last long and did not end well. All right. So, again, uh, ultimately, what we're get, kind of getting at right now is that we all know that Kyle is really good, but he wants the quarterback to be molded to his offense as opposed to him adjusting to a, a quarterback. So, when I look at guys like you know, Donovan McNabb. He wants Donovan McNabb to play a certain way. Donovan's like, man, I've been playing this other way and it's worked for me very well. I'm just coming off a 10-4 and four season. Kyle's like, no, you got to do it this way or I don't want to play you. And ultimately, he got benched. Kyle and RG3, he crafted this offense that he felt like, hey, we're going to do this and it's this run-heavy, read option, zone read type stuff or whatever with some big plays. And ultimately, it worked. RG3 said, man, this isn't sustainable. Can we stop doing some of this? Kyle's like, no. That relationship soured, and really, if you listen to RG3, they never liked him in the begin to begin with. Who has Kyle like? Uh, Matt Ryan's, uh, Kirk Cousins, and even Matt Ryan's. Remember, it took that one year, and Matt Ryan's was balling even prior to Kyle Shanahan. I mean, he was already like one of the top quarterbacks, but obviously, he ended up having his MVP year with Kyle. All right. And then there was another uh, thing. I saw a video someone posted. And a lot of this is coming from my guy, Kyle. Shout out to at 49ers Kyle on Twitter. And Kyle uh, posted, I think it was Kyle, or it might have been Vish. It might have been Vish. Vish posted, shout out to my guy, Vish. Vish posted uh, Adam Silver talking about Jimmy Garoppolo's week one struggles against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is 2019. The season of 49ers went to the Super Bowl. Get Kyle Shanahan, great head coach. All right. Uh, went to the Super Bowl. But we're just talking about his quarterbacks right now. Adam Silver on Jimmy G struggles. Jimmy G struggled against Tampa Bay. Threw a pick six. Offense didn't look great. Uh, Akella Witherspoon and Richard Sherman both had pick sixes. That really kind of won the game for the Niners. 
And Alan Silver went on to say, if Jimmy G continues to struggle, you could see Nick Mullins take over. Nick Mullins is Kyle Shanahan's type of quarterback. Nick Mullins. Now, we have seen Nick Mullins put up a lot of yardage in his offense. We saw him have, what was it, the third most passing yards to start or in the first 16 games of your career. All right, so first 16 games as a starter, Nick Mullins, third most passing yards ever. So obviously he's able to run it to some extent. But this ain't, that's, that's the type of, of quarterback that he likes, that type of guy. So let's continue here. And I wanted to talk about Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. There was a lot of debate during that time about who the quarterback would be. And, and uh, there was a lot of talk about who the quarterback would be. I mean, it was, it was big. It was heavy. I think, uh, and my guy just voted the 49ers most toxic fan base on social media. On social media. I probably should have uh, added that. On social media. And he's part of NBC Sports. And part of it is, a big part of it, I believe, is because of this quarterback topic. All right. So, back then, the, the, the fan base started to get a little divided. And it was, you had Mac Jones, you had Trey Lance, you had Justin Fields. I'm on record of saying, if I was them, I would draft Trey Lance. But I felt like the most talented quarterback in that class, even though we're just uh, Trevor Lawrence, was Justin Fields, most talented quarterback. And you look at Kyle and what he likes, all right? So that's what we're getting to. What he likes, what he wants, and then what's his ideal quarterback? He looked at Justin Fields. And we saw his pro day. It's live. 49ers put his pro day on. And he's making all the throws. And he's, I mean, just whipping it. And then we see him. I mean, he's just big arm, athletic. I mean, just airing it out. And just, it looked great, right? It looked great. Shorts and T-shirt. But again, we just saw him, what, throw six touchdowns in a college football playoff game against Clemson. I mean, he balled there, too. And it's like, nah, I'm not even looking at you. Why didn't Kyle look at him? All right. I'm going to tell you why Kyle didn't look at him. Kyle did not look at Justin Fields because Justin Fields held on to the ball too long. Fields held, the, held on to the ball too long. And because of that, I think Kyle was just turned off. Why? Because his offense isn't predicated on that. His offense is extremely predicated on timing and rhythm. He wants you... Most of the time, I'd say 90% of the time, he wants you to drop back. One, two, three, back foot hit the ground. Boom, let it rip, right? Let it rip. And, and, and that's what Kyle wants. And if you can do that, let's go. Fields wasn't that. Fields held on to the ball too long. So, yeah, he was a dynamic player at Ohio State. Yeah, he, you know, could make all the throws. Matter of fact, coming out of that class, uh, I would say, especially when you depend, when you look at, the areas of the field he was stretching, probably the most accurate quarterback in that class. And it didn't matter that he was the fastest, most athletic, uh, most accurate quarterback in that class. None of that mattered because he held on to the ball too long. And that's why Kyle didn't like him. And now, that's still an issue for Justin Fields right now. And I think that Kyle would hate having Justin Fields right now. He would hate having Justin Fields. There are some people like, should have took Justin Fields. Kyle would hate having him. He got sacked nine times in his first start ever. All right. 
He's continuously held onto the ball too long, uh, you know, out there in Chicago. There's a reason why he's running, especially like second half of the season, I felt like he ran for like 100 yards every game because he won't just let it rip. So he's still trying to develop that aspect of his game. However, he's seen the field. Kyle, it, it would be a nightmare. It would be a nightmare. I, I think so. Not saying that he couldn't make it work. You know, Kyle could make it work. But I don't think that that's ideal. That's not what Kyle wants. And maybe he foresaw that coming and was like, mm, I don't like that. We're not doing that. So it was between Trey Lance and Matt Jones. And I do think that in his head, remember what he said, and I see it right here. Hold on, where is it at? Uh, cerebral like Breeze, arm like Mahomes, athletic like Jackson, somewhere in between. Shanahan's words, right? And he didn't bring in Mahomes. We'll get into Mahomes. All right. But he said Breeze basically uh, runs an offense like Breeze, but is athletic like Jackson. Well, ideally, I mean, most likely, you're probably just not going to get that most of the time. All right. Because the people that run like Jackson in, in their head, they're, they're not going to play typically with just back foot hit, hit, boom, ball out. Now, Trey Lance has some of that. And there was someone in my comments that said, why? There were a few different things. I'll be reading all these comments, man. And I, and I feel like, okay, I'm going to address it on the show. I'm going to address it on the show. And basically, he asked, like, why, you know, Trey Lance, why is Brock Purdy more ready? Is he ready right now or something like that than, than Trey Lance? And I'm like, look, we're finding out that Trey Lance needed certain things, and you start to look back on what matters. You know, I think we all should be learning from either mistakes or, uh, you know, whatever, right? Your, your wins, your losses, like you learn from it. And looking back on the Trey Lance situation, it's clear, especially for the 49ers, and I think it's specific to the 49ers situation, outside of Trey's injuries, all right, outside of uh, Trey's injuries, there were, there were certain things that I felt like he needed that he never got to be able to lead the 49ers. Now, if he was in Jacksonville, Completely different. If he was in, what's another trash team? I don't know. Maybe Cleveland Browns, what they've been. I know they went to the playoffs, but like Cleveland Browns, like, you know, just a trash team, a Chicago Bears, a team where you could just say, you can suck for a year. It's not going to matter. All right. I think that would have probably been the best situation. Looking back on it now, like just the experience and what goes into playing the quarterback position. So, uh, and this is not me making excuses for him. If it works out, he works out. If it doesn't, he doesn't. But I'm just telling you, like, you know what? I think he needed this. You start to look back on the situation, and it's like, okay, red shirt freshman, probably not the leader at North Dakota State because they got a lot of guys that are fourth and fifth, uh, fourth and fifth year seniors, right? They have a lot of those type of guys that have probably been there. Okay, that's your leaders. And then it's like, well, I play one year, uh, run heavy offense, and we go undefeated. I don't go through any real adversity, and we win it all, didn't even throw an interception, right, 28 touchdown passes, zero picks, and I miss a year, go to the NFL, and then you start to, like, look back on that and, like, man, he missed out on a lot of different things that would have prepared him to take over the San Francisco 49ers, all right? Not the Chicago Bears, not the Jacksonville Jaguars where you can suck, right? Trevor Lawrence, what do you do? Throw 17 interceptions, 10 touchdowns as a rookie, right? So you look at them. And that's okay for you in Jacksonville. Nobody cares. 49ers, you cannot do that. So the things that he just needed for his development, for his development, 
wasn't going to be allowed to have that for the 49ers. So then there's a little bit like, uh, maybe it wasn't a great situation for him after all. All right. Now, great situation for Rob Purdy because Rob Purdy don't went through everything. Dude, started, I think I saw like close to 50 games, you know, was the leader undoubtedly. Uh, went through the ups, the downs, the interceptions, the what I showed earlier, running out of a, a clean pocket, right? Like went through all these different things that's better prepare him for the NFL right now. Not more talented than Trey Lance, but it doesn't matter because I've went through all these other things. I just understand it, and I'm more ready to take over these San Francisco 49ers. Now, I talked about Mahomes and how, and I saw somebody just say, Mahomes is a unicorn. All right, where is it at? Where is it at? Okay. Here we go. Those are called unicorns or Pat Mahomes. I would even go as far as to say it's not Mahomes that's the unicorn. It is is Andy Reid that's the unicorn. All right. Is Andy Reid that's the unicorn? Because everything that we've had a conversation so far, right, in all 28 minutes or however long we've been talking right now, Andy Reid got Mahomes. And, okay, you do some special things or whatever. But he allowed Mahomes to be Mahomes. I am going to structure this offense around what you do well. I'm not going to go extreme this way or that way or make you have to fit everything. Obviously, my principles of the offense, we'll have some quick game, we'll do these things. But you do these things well, and I'm going to let you do you. Mahomes... Through in one year, I think it was the year before last. I don't know what it was last year because I didn't pay attention. But I know the year before last, 19 interceptable passes. So, yes, Mahomes is amazing. He threw 19 interceptable passes. And the reason why it doesn't matter is because even though he's throwing interceptable passes, his head coach does not care. Go be you. Go do what you do. Like, I want you to be the best version of you, and I'm going to have to lighten up, and I'm just going to just go. We're going to have fun. We're going to play against the 49ers in the Super Bowl. We're going to line up on fourth and one in the Super Bowl, and everybody's going to, like, piss me off, clap, and then do, like, three spins, line up, and then run. And it's like, it's fourth down in the Super Bowl, and they're this loose, right? Like, he got his quarterback to play loose and just go do you, and you see the results of it. And I would say that because of that, like Kyle not being that type of guy, I had a, I had a quarterback trainer in my mentions. And the quarterback trainer said, uh, I don't care for Kyle. He thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And you know what the crazy thing is? He might be the smartest guy in the room. But even while being the smartest guy in the room, you can't say – you know what, let me, I can be the smartest guy in the room, and I'm, but I'm going to set you up for success to be the best version of you. So, because of everything I just said, Kyle Shanahan's ideal quarterback and what's going to work best for him to where he doesn't blow his lid off, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is Kyle's most ideal quarterback. Now, again, when I say most ideal not ideal in the sense of, like, the perfect quarterback. If he had to draw the perfect quarterback on paper, he told us what that is, right? The most accurate, uh, biggest, strongest, fastest, best from the pocket. That's ideal. 
if I asked y'all, hey, what's your ideal job? Most of y'all might say, work from home, but I get to exercise, work for a few hours, I get a break, whatever it is, right? We all have our ideal. But then it's like, well, what's the most realistic? And it's like, well, this is probably the most realistic job for me to be successful and do things. And I think Brock Purdy is the most realistic, ideal version of a quarterback for Kyle Shanahan. That's what it feels like. And that's special, right? Like, that's special in a sense for Kyle to find the guy that does those things well for him. Okay? Uh, that's special, you know, because, it's like, hey, you know, he can move around, make plays on the move a little bit, but, man, he's going to play with timing and rhythm. And, hey, you don't got to do everything. I'm going to put you in a position to be successful. Man, we got all these weapons, and you don't got to be special. You don't got to throw all these contested throws. You don't, I saw, man, I saw uh, somebody posted this video of, of Justin Herbert. And he, like, he did that play. It was, like, the tight end league play. And it wasn't even open. Like, it wasn't even open. But he did it. It's the big play action. He rolled right. And then the, the guy leaked all the way to the left. And Mah uh, uh, Herbert just launched it. And, I mean, he threw it to the only spot you could throw it, like, to complete that throw. And Kyle's like, well, guess what, Purdy? You don't got to do that. So you don't need that type of arm talent. You don't got to do that. And... When I look at it, I'm like, this is the most ideal quarterback, or I probably should change the way that's titled, the most realistic ideal quarterback for Kyle Shanahan. It's Brock Purdy. It's Brock Purdy. So I get a ton of comments. I get a ton of mentions. I get a ton of pushback on certain things. And look, I just, I tell you all the time, man, my word ain't Bible. You come on and you can, whatever you want to say, you don't got to argue back and forth in the comments. You, come on right here, man. I'll put the link in the chat. All right. So here's the link in the chat. We're going to be live for a little bit longer. Here we go. Boom. So you want to come on. And if you have your thoughts on what you feel Kyle's ideal quarterback is or realistic ideal or ideal realistic, idealistic quarterback is, come on and let's talk about it. But. A lot of these guys that I, I look at, I think Justin Herbert, he'd be great for Kyle. Herbert, he'd be awesome. Patrick Mahomes, I don't think he'd work. I don't think he'd work. Mahomes, I remember watching Mahomes in, leading up to the Super Bowl against the 49ers. And I even tweeted this out. And, and I think it came off as not an insult, but I was just like, I was just watching them, and I'm watching the film, I'm watching the film, and I'm like, does Patrick Mahomes only read one guy, and if it's not there, he just starts running around? And I didn't mean it in a bad way, because when he runs around, I think that's when we know, like, Mahomes is most dangerous at that time, right? But I was watching him, and I'm like, pre-snap, whatever he's looking at, if it's Travis Kelsey and then it's not there, he's running. And not running to run, like running to throw. He's moving around. Then he's going to launch it downfield. They start scrambling. His guys are so used to it. There's this one route or play by Tyreek Hill, and everyone thinks that it was like an actual route. I'm like, it it was not an actual route. <laughs> that was him. Uh, that was more of a scramble drill. But as soon as he turned around, uh, Mahomes was 
rolling out to his right. So he ran, boom, stop, uh, and it looked all in one motion as if it was a route, but it wasn't. He's looking at his quarterback. Like they're so used to his quarterback, they're like Mahomes moving. Kyle would have a fit with that. Kyle would have a fit, but he would love Herbert. I think he would love Herbert. He would love Her Herbert. Wait a second, Croc. Mahomes is a unicorn, bro. It's not the coach. With Alex Smith as a starter, coach couldn't get that far. No, it is the coach because it's the coach's ability to let Mahomes be Mahomes. Like that's the part that is the the coach, right? Because again, Mahomes a lot of times not gonna just drop back and let it rip right there in rhythm and timing. Herbert will, but that's not really Mahomes. Joe Burrow will, but that's not really Mahomes. And what makes Mahomes so special, man, once he gets to moving around, it's ugly for you. It's ugly for you. Like, I think that's when he's most dangerous. I don't think Kyle would like that. I don't think Kyle would like that. Now, Kevin says, Croc should be a player, so I think he knows what he's talking about. Hey, that me playing football on this topic don't got nothing to do. Like, now, if we're talking about a receiver versus a defensive back, how a defensive back feels, uh, you know, how a, a receiver certain ways that he makes a corner feel and stuff like that, then, yeah, you can use this. Croc used to be a player and all that. But when I'm talking about this, man, it's just an opinion. So this don't got nothing to do with me, you know, playing football and all that. But I do appreciate that, Kevin. Shout out to you. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Hit the like button and subscribe to this video. All right, here we go. We got some callers coming in. We're starting off here with Case 49. Good morning, man. How you doing? What's up, Crocky? How you doing, baby? You good? Oh, man, I'm doing good. Feeling good. You get a workout in this morning yet? I know it's early on the West Coast. Oh, I'm over here on the East. I don't even know. Oh, okay. So you it's almost 10 a.m. your time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's almost 10 a.m. over here in uh, VA, man. I'm in the DMV. Okay. But, um, yeah, good morning to you, man. Five Flames. I'm feeling good. Just yes. listening to the conversation. And... um. Ah, man, Shanahan, I feel like Trey Lance was kind of like, like, that's why I was so excited when he drafted Trey Lance. It was kind of like his learning, you know, opportunity. You know what I mean? It, to me, it would kind of signify that he had kind of changed as a, uh, as a head coach when it comes to the quarterback, because he was stepping out there, taking a risk on a, on a guy that was raw, high upside, very high ceiling, very talented uh, with the legs, very smart you know, can play from the pocket. So I just felt like that was his, you know, that was his um, learning opportunity there, you know, when he kind of stepped up to did that. As far as, like, everything that he was saying about McNabb and RG3 and everything like that, like, yeah, okay, he maybe did get RG3 hurt and stuff like that. But McNabb, me personally, I never really was a big fan of McNabb. Mm -hmm. Like, he was like, he was like the Black Purdy to me, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like his arm was a little, you know what I mean? It wasn't really strong. He would throw a lot of balls into the dirt. He would get all the way down to, like, the championship game or the Super Bowl and, and throw a pick or just do something stupid. Like, I'm usually, like, a really big supporter of most of the uh, black quarterbacks, but McNabb was one of the black quarterbacks that I really wasn't, you know what I'm saying, all, all into like that. But, um, right. yeah, I just feel like um, – you know, he's he's learning as a coach. He's learning, you know, as he goes. You know, nobody, you know, in this league is, is perfect. You know what I mean? I'm sure, like, you can go back to a lot of other coaches and, 
pull up some comments and stuff. Like, you know, I heard, um, you know, D'Amico, like D'Amico Ryans had made some wild comments before, you know what I mean? Like, so it's just not unheard of for people to say stuff crazy and, you know, during their career. But um, I don't know. I feel like he still wants that, you know, that, that, that dynamic quarterback. Um, I don't feel like Brock Purdy is his type of quarterback. When we talk about um, Brock Purdy as quarterback one, I don't know if Shanahan ever said that. Uh, Shanahan, okay, so what, what they have said is he's the leader in the clubhouse right now uh, based off of how he played last year, which was very well. He deserves to be to start the season as a starter and have that opportunity. So the way he words it does seem like there, there could be some in for Darnold or Lance, but he's very convinced that Brock Purdy can do what he needs to do to win games. Oh, that, yeah. that was how I took it. Like I, I took it as if no, this is my starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. based on how he played last year. That, that was how I took it. Right. But, I mean, when you listen to what he said, though, he he also said, you know, once he gets healthy, we're going to see where we're at. You know, he right. did say that, you know, we're going to see if, um, you know, Trey can gain any ground in the offseason. And once he comes back, we're going to see where he's at. Um, he never really said it was um, – well, I don't know. Yeah, he did say he was the leader of the clubhouse. But my whole thing is, like, who would you say – that um, Sam Darnold, his traits are most, you know, are closer to Trey's or Purdy's? Uh, Trey's. Exactly. See what I'm saying? So he wants a quarterback with more like Trey's, you know, talents and capabilities, you know? Um, he don't really even know Purdy like that. You know, he was like, he didn't scout Purdy, like, you know? Um, he was the last pick in the draft. I highly doubt that Shanahan scouted Purdy met his family, went out to dinner with him and everything like that. Like, he really – I mean, he trusted his play on the field. But, like, personally, I don't know how close Shanahan and um and Purdy is, you know. I know that him and Lance, they got, like, this kind of bromance, like, ever since he's been drafted. Um, I don't think that's ever changed. Like, they still – you know, he said, you know, like a long time ago during the offseason that they text every day. They had constant communication – when they were asking Shanahan about, um, uh, I think they was asking him about Jimmy being in the in the film room last year after the injury. He was like, "No, but Trey is in there." You know, he you know they they talk about a lot how Trey helped Purdy. Like I think nobody really talks about that enough. Right. How Trey I did hear that too. That Purdy. he was that, <laughs> like that, that match was big. Right. A lot of the good play that you saw from Purdy was you know Trey had something to do with that. It wasn't just, you know, Purdy. Like, when Purdy came in, Trey was teaching him the offense from the door. So that's why Trey is around here laughing and smiling and joking because Trey knows who he is. He knows who Purdy is. He knows who Shanahan is. They all know each other in that room. So we just sitting back here speculating on what's going to be what. But I think they all pretty got a, pretty much got a really good idea. I think that's why Trey is really confident because he knows – he knows who Purdy is. He knows what he helped him with. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he's confident. But I think Shanahan has changed a little bit. But I will see, man, this is the year. You know, this is the year yeah. that he has to prove it to us that he has changed and that he's really willing. He really wants that dynamic 
uh, player at QB. So they take us over the top because I'm still mad about the NFC Championship game, man. You know what I mean? Like I was on I was on the Purdy board. You know, like my man asked me, like he was like, yeah, he was a, a Trey Lance supporter now. Purdy winning all these games. Now you on Purdy. I'm like, man, whoever can win us the game right. is where I'm at. You see what I'm saying? But then we got to the NFC Championship game. Purdy's, you know, arm snapped like a, you know, snapped like a rubber band, man. And I'm like, yo, what's going on? Like, what happened to Purdy? I was just like Fred Warner. Like, remember when Fred Warner was like, what happened to Purdy? Yeah. That was my reaction. I'm like, what happened to Purdy? He can't play? Like, what? You know, you think of, of Jalen Hurts' arm would have got hit? You think it would have snapped? Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, we need a starting quarterback to take us over the top, man, period. Yeah. And this is Shanahan's year to prove that, you know? I got you. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you uh, coming yeah, on. I'm no going to get you next no no Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate the platform. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Shout out to Crocky, man, doing his thing. All right? Appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. All right, good call there, good call there. Oh, I forgot to tell Case, they definitely pushed back on the McNabb take, and uh, they they basically found it very disrespectful with how you said that he didn't have a good arm. I, I definitely saw that in the chat. Uh, there were some things I wanted to kind of touch on real quick before we move on to the next caller. Uh, one here, my guy Jesse Naylor. Shout out to Last Second Sports. Make sure you all go subscribe to that YouTube channel as well. Uh, listen to how Plummer talks about Mike. These dudes are not QB whispers. They are very good coaches, but the QB is the most important position. His coaching may not overcome that. I, I would say yes. Uh, Plummer wasn't very – he didn't talk very glowingly about Mike Shanahan. I think Kyle is pretty similar in the way that he coaches. They, they, they coach the same, where kind of a rough – rigid type of style and uh, I remember Plummer reading some of the comments on him and he's like he just felt like nothing he did was good enough and that's tough that's tough that is tough All right, uh, why do people hate Kyle I listen I can't speak for everybody and I'll just kind of address that first part I can't speak for everyone but I don't think anybody here has said that they hate Kyle I don't even think I've seen that on Twitter, and that's the most extreme people. So I would say myself and other people acknowledge Kyle is a great he's, – he's great at what he does. I mean, the 49ers, <laughs> you've been to three out of the last four uh, NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl. Like, he's a terrific head coach. All this is right here is what's his ideal quarterback? That's all we're talking about, trying to figure that part out. And I think his – Ideal quarterback, as we know, biggest, strongest, fastest, best from the pocket guy, which we'd all say that. But he definitely has a type. And outside of his type, all right, let, let's compare this to women. Shout out to the women that might be in the chat right now. All right. But if you were to ask me, Croc, what's your ideal woman? Right? I'd probably say Selma Hayek, right? I love Selma Hayek. There are a few women I, I, I really love. But Selma Hayek, she's at like the top of my list. And then after Selma Hayek, it's probably like Sierra, Rihanna, you know, I like, yeah, I, I grew up with, I grew up, me and Sierra were probably like same age. So you got to remember when she came out with my goodies, my goodies, I mean, we're the same. I was like 16, 17 
she was like 16, 17, like, you know, in high school. So Sierra, you know what I'm saying? She up there too. Uh, but, uh, you know, like, you know, but my wife is Portuguese, <laughs> white, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, we all have a type, uh, you know, my wife, I think if you look at some of my chicks, I don't know, I like, you know, pretty tall. My wife's five foot nine. So Kyle has a type. So I, uh, Sam Hayek might be my ideal, like, mm, give me some Sam Hayek, right? A little accent, all that. But, you know, you still have like a type outside of that. And that happened to be my wife. All right. I think so. I think when it comes to Kyle Shanahan, I don't know. I don't think nobody's dogging him. Is that how you took it? I think Young Mahomes didn't have a strong pre-snap game, but now Mahomes is killer uh, with the pre-snap and the improv. I would probably agree with that. And I would say it took him time to get to that. And, and with him not there yet, his head coach still do you. You might not have a strong grasp on pre-snap, post-snap, all that. But go do you and, and be free. Be free. You don't got to look over your shoulder. You're good. You're good. And I think the coach part of that is what makes it successful, which kind of leads to another one, right? I got a couple I got a couple comments here. Coach can be, be brilliant all he wants, but until you he got a brilliant quarterback, he won't do anything. Uh, Andy Reid, a lot of people bring him up. Andy Reid, we saw him have success with the Philadelphia Eagles four straight NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl. He goes to the Kansas City Chiefs, has a certain level of success with uh, Alex Smith, you know, wins a playoff game or so. It wasn't over the top. And then you get Mahomes, and now all of a sudden it's like AFC Championship game every year, Super Bowl. And, again, I think a part of that is, like, it takes two to tangle. Tangle. It takes two. And I think, you know, Andy Reid has always been that guy. As a coach, always. Andy Reid has always been that guy. But then you have a, quarter, a quarterback like him, puts you over the top. But how did the quarterback, how did he get the best out of his quarterback? That's the part I'm trying to get to. Getting the most out of a guy with this type of ability and letting him just be him, be free. And I think it takes a coach to do that. Well, it took Andy Reid to do that with Mahomes. Man, I see you. I see you, Mahomes. I see you for who you are. And I'm going to let you be you. It is not about me trying to make you fit into doing it this way. You don't have to do it this way, Mahomes, because that's not your game. You can do it this way. Like the things that you do, you go do that. You throw 19 interceptable passes in a season. I do not care. Be you. And that's where you're going to be great. And that's where we can we could disagree. And he could do some things that the quarterback can't. But you got to have a coach that's going to allow you to do that because it is a little unorthodox. It is a little unorthodox. Kyle's ideal QB, part two. QB, he can control completely. Ult ultimately, ultimately, yes. Ultimately, yes. I see everybody talking about the, uh, the chicks. Croc did a show about Kyle firing himself from play calling duties. Uh, I didn't. I didn't say. Did I say from play calling duties? I said that, and maybe I did say play calling duties. But what I said was, and there are some people. So the title of that was Kyle Shanahan needs to fire himself. Catchy YouTube title or whatever, right? People watched it. But it wasn't fire himself from being the head coach. It was Kyle. I think he has a lot on his plate and needs to delegate things to certain people. This was a time for Niners were struggling, 
And I'm like, maybe he has a little too much on his plate. Maybe he needs to, hey, Mike McDaniel, can you call the place? It was during that time. Mike McDaniel was still a 49er coach. Mike McDaniel, can you can you call the place? Or let me do things to where I can be the head coach. I can still push my philosophy. But let me delegate some of these opportunities, uh, I mean, uh, some of these obligations to other people, which might include play calling to Mike McDaniel. Would that have been bad if Mike McDaniel was calling the place? Not saying Mike would ever call plays for him, but I didn't think that that would be bad. So, yeah, I did have a, a YouTube channel saying Kyle Shanahan should fire himself. The video was about delegating certain opportunities so he can coach, like be a head coach. I still think he might do, you know, need to do that. All right, here we go. Roscoe, you've been very patient. Good morning. How you doing, bro? Uh oh, you're muted. You're muted, Roscoe. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I've been very patient. You're making me forget everything I was about to say because you kept talking, crap. Okay, well, you know, I got to get to some of these okay. comments and all that stuff. Okay, I, I, I'll tee one up for you. I'll tee one up for you. And I just saw this in the chat. No, no, no. No, no. I don't. I don't. I've I, I seen some of the chat. Shout out to my guy, Jesse. Jesse, I'm going to block you, man. Listen. Okay. <laughs> Why I don't care what Jake Plummer says because Jake Plummer wasn't even that good of a quarterback when he played for the Cardinals and then he went to the Broncos. Like Jake Plummer was all right. Like we we're using his stuff as guys. Like, he 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 he's really a nobody to be. Keep it real with you. Uh, I I, I want to say this because somebody was like, oh, you know, Trey and Kyle are boys and and. Um, they really didn't. He really didn't know things about Brock Purdy. I would say this. They knew enough to where, when they signed Nate Subfield to what a what it was with a million dollar or two million dollars guaranteed deal as a backup. They knew enough to where they replaced Nate Subfield with Brock Purdy. They liked Brock Purdy that much. Uh, Maybe Kyle didn't scout him, but there was somebody in the scouting department that looked at Purdy, liked him enough to where they used their seventh, their seventh round pick, the very last pick of the draft on him. And then when they brought him in, uh, and when we seen it with training camp preseason, they felt good enough to where they was like, okay, he's going to be our number two before they made the decision to bring Jimmy back as uh, the number two. At the end of the day, they got rid of another quarterback for Purdy. They liked him that much. Second of all, Kyle definitely was getting out of his was getting out of his mindset. Cause I think me and you know, like we all kind of felt like he had a certain style of quarterback. We all thought he was gonna stick to that style and draft Mac Jones, but he uh, went another way. And I was happy that he went another way. I think a lot of us was happy that he drafted a quarterback with the skill set that <laughs> with a <clears throat> very good arm can run all of that, right? End of the day, and I say this a million times, 49er fans got to get it through their head. At the end of the day, yes, Kyle Shanahan veered away from what what we think he ideally likes and he drafted a guy who could do more? Who could do more? Did he though? Yeah. Did, did he? Did he veer? Okay. He took. He took. And okay. So here's just the other side of that, right? He took the guy with the least amount of experience, 
based on what he did at North Dakota State, but a lot of it was under center, right? Mm -hmm. So he still was able to see, oh, this is how he fits in my – if he really wanted to go the complete opposite, it would have been Justin, Justin Fields. Fields. Oh, if he no, really on. wanted to – like what he saw with Trey Lance is, I see how this works in my offense that I could do him. And then, hey, I could still do some running stuff with him. And, you know, he's a big, strong-armed, talented guy or whatever. Right, but if he really wanted to go the complete opposite of like, hey, I'm gonna take a chance on this, it would have been Justin Fields, not Trey Lance. And he didn't yeah, look, bro. he didn't even bro. sniff. He he looked at him and was just like, Nope. As well as he did, like the accuracy, the throws to all levels of the field, uh played started a lot of games, played in big time games. Uh, I mean, just you you watch the playoff game against him and Ohio State right. versus Clemson, and it's like Who's the better prospect between Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he you saw all that, and it still was like, nope. So did he really go against what we thought? Well, or did he just go with the one the 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 guy that he was the most comfortable with that slightly is different than like, okay, well, it's not this isn't Kirk Cousins. Well, he veered away because at the end of the day, could have took Mac Jones, which I think a lot of us think. This is his guy, right? And he actually really did like Mac Jones. That was from his words. But Trey Lance offered a little bit more, right? So you you never really got to see a Shanahan with a quarterback that can offer a little bit more outside of RG3, a quarterback he did not want. And at the end of the day, Trey Lance has been hurt. That's all. That's literally all it is. He ha he's been hurt. Brock Purdy comes in. And he sees the moment. He played very well. And he has every right to be the starter coming into this year. Would you disagree or agree with that? I agree. So, uh, Kyle Shanahan is, uh, listen, I, I don't I don't have no issues. And as somebody said, uh, why do people hate? Nobody hates Kyle Shanahan. But I will say there's a lot of weird behavior and folks wanting Kyle Shanahan gone, uh, there's well, let me say there's a certain section of people who want Kyle Shanahan gone, who who if he doesn't if he doesn't win an NFC Championship or if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, right? If he doesn't win a Super Bowl, a lot of people want Kyle Shanahan. A, a good number want Shanahan gone. Now that doesn't make sense to me because there's no precedent, right? The only precedents where somebody tried to bring up uh, Schottenheimer when he was with the Browns again. That was a bad relationship with the owner. Jimmy Johnson, bad relationship with the owner. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, bad relationship with the owner. At the end of the day, Kyle, Kyle has a good relationship with Jay York, and I, I just don't see I don't see coaches getting fired after going to what if he was to go another year to another NFC Championship? That's four out of five years. There's no precedent for that. <laughs> There's no precedent for that. Nobody hates Kyle, but you got these people who who are not grateful, right? Who are not grateful and, you know, oh, if he doesn't win the Super Bowl, he's out. But I think a lot of that is masked under the, I just don't like Kyle because he's not giving Trey a chance, quotation marks. Because I'm in the spaces with a lot of these folks, and they explain to me, you know, why they don't, why they don't think Kyle should uh, – why they, why they don't really like Kyle like that. And most of them are mad at him because they feel like Trey hasn't been given a fair shot, which in reality, 
Trey Lance had an opportunity to be the starter in 2021 uh, after the Cardinals game, but he was hurt. Trey Lance came into the season and was a starter for 2022, but guess what? He got hurt again. Trey Lance has been given every opportunity to succeed, but it's unfortunate to him. It's unfortunate to Kyle that injuries happen. Last thing mm-hmm. I'm going to say, I've seen somebody in the comments say that Shanahan hasn't developed anybody. Okay, let's let's talk about it real quick. Shanahan was a receiver coach in 2006-2007. Uh, he became an OC for the Texans. He had Matt Schwab. Matt Schwab played some of his best football, became a pro bowler under Kyle Shanahan. Uh, he, he, he identified Kirk Cousins, but never didn't get the chance to coach Kirk Cousins. And then he comes to and then went was great with the Falcons. Didn't get a chance to coach Kirk Cousins as like the starter. Kind of. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't get a chance to. And then and then uh, he goes to Atlanta, does a great job there. Which again, quarterback and set. Uh, again, with with Washington, he was RG three was forced on him. He at least identified and got to pick Kirk Cousins. But again, I. A quarterback was forced when he was at the Browns. Johnny Manziel forced on him, and he was only there for one year at the Browns. When uh, and he actually had Hoyer playing good when he was with the uh, well, well, with the 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 Texans. A quarterback was there. He didn't get to pick. Right, goes to San Francisco, gets to pick his quarterbacks. <laughs> the crazy part about it is Shanahan quarterbacks keep getting injured, so he's never had an opportunity to develop. A, how can you develop people? When they keep getting hurt, it, and 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 listen, CJ. Hey, even CJ Beathard. CJ Beathard, he got hurt. I was at a game where he got hurt, but I mean, he just wasn't good though. I listen. He, I was never thought he would be good. I thought Kyle Shanahan maximized every, especially out of Nick Mullins. I think when Nick Mullins went undrafted, right out of Southern Miss. Correct. He maximized everything out of Nick Mullins. I mean, we, at one point, a lot of us was thinking like, maybe Nick Mullins should be the starter over Jimmy G going into that 2019 year because Mullins played very well in 2018. So, which goes to kind of what my argument has been, right? Where his ideal quarterback, and again, I say ideal, but I would say his most realistic ideal quarterback is one of like that kind of quarterback. Not anything yeah, that he I mean, has to adjust anything to, right? Like, he doesn't want to have to adjust anything that he wants to do. And that's not – I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like, he, he's he been a terrific offensive coach. Uh, you look at the 49ers and the efficiency of the offense, typically no matter who's at quarterback, uh, you know, it does very well. They move the ball. They, they're able to do all these cool things. But ideally, his offense is predicated around a quarterback that's more like a – Nick Mullins, more like a Jimmy G, more like a Brock Purdy, as opposed like, to someone that's more of a second reactionary type quarterback. Well, the way they drafted Trey, well, the way they they called plays and had the offense looking with Trey Lance, uh, seems to tell me that he felt like he drafted somebody different and outside of what he usually likes. Because I don't I mean, think that was the case. You know what I think it was? I think it was based off of how he wants his offense ran, if you can't do it exactly like this, then I'm going to go to this another extreme version of an offense that is a little bit more opposite. There, there's still certain 
concepts that are the same. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah, a more yeah. extreme version this way, which he did with RG3. And RG3 is like, man, can you uh, stop running me? And they're like, no, we're not going to stop running you. Right? It's like, if you can't, if you, if you don't look like this, then we're going to do this with you. And I think it was more of that, even with Trey. Like, I hear my guy, uh, Guy Haberman, and he talks about it like, well, based on the amount of times they ran Trey Lance, he didn't feel like he could do this. And then you hear other people, oh, well, why is the offense so drastically different? Well, Brock Purdy comes in, and it's like, yeah, like, Kyle, if you aren't doing it, and I remember um, Trey Lance's very, very, very first drop back with the 49ers. Do you remember that play? His first drop back, not his first completion. Kansas City Chiefs. It was a drop to uh, AU dropped the ball, right? Right. So, Ayuk. I hate that you say AU, but AU dropped the ball. Right. And do you remember what that play was like? He rolled out to the right, I believe. It was a broken play. He wrote he rolled out to the right and he threw it to to uh to uh Ayuk on the sidelines. And of course Ayuk drops the Okay, ball. so you said broken play, rolled out, right? All these things that you're saying, but really the way that Kyle Shanahan drew it up, it was there. He really didn't have to roll out. He really didn't have to do all that. He had those yeah. deep curls, right? Like those deep, it was like on both sides. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, you should drop back play action, you got the deep curls. And he didn't let it rip. Kyle wants you to let it rip. What did, what did Trey do? It wasn't anything too bad, right? Stepped up, rolled out to a right, threw a dart to Ayuk. That should have been the first down catch, right? Yep. But that's not what Kyle wants. He yeah. wants you to do this. Now, that's not to say that over time, if Trey didn't, didn't get hurt, he'd start to grow into those things. And I think that's what Kyle's hoping. But ultimately, if you don't let it rip right here, then now I'm going to uh, – Designed this offense surrounding you that is more like what I did with RG3, yeah. as opposed yeah, to no. just as opposed to just saying, "All right, you didn't throw that, but you rolled out and you threw a strike, and I you dropped it. So be it. Just keep playing free." And that's why when people talk about, "Oh man, I think uh, Mahomes would be just as great," and I'm like, "Man, I be seeing Kyle throwing his headset, throwing his playbook <laughs> when a guy don't do it exactly how he wants him to do it." I would say, listen, if if he's seen all the success that Mahomes was having, I guarantee you Kyle would adapt. I, I firmly believe that. Oh, you said what? And I will say, yeah, Trey Lance, I mean, he wasn't trusting what he was seeing. I mean, there was many times. It was many, it was many plays where we kind of spotlighted where it's like, okay, the player is open here. I, I know vividly it was against the Chargers, uh, I think, it was a slant. It was right there, and Trey hesitated, hesitated. It could have been against the te- uh, in that preseason game, but ultimately, you know that, and that's understandable. That, that's a young kid, and the only way he was ever going to develop and trust what he sees was through reps, reps, reps. But guess what, crowd? He got hurt. Injuries, injuries, stunt growth. Yeah. I'm gonna leave it at that. Injuries, stunt growth. All right, crowd. I appreciate you, Roscoe's a good call. Shout out to my guy Roscoe. It's great stuff there. And uh see, I like that. Like it, I think people, especially when they get into the chat or the comments, comments I was like, man, just come on live. Come on live so we can talk about it. Because I don't like when you go back and forth, it makes it, I don't know, it feels very aggressive in the comments. I don't want to be aggressive in the comments. Like, come on, and we could just have a discussion. And I think that Chris made a lot of really good valid points. A lot of really good value point valid points. 
All right, here we go. I got three guys waiting. We're going to give each guy five minutes. Each guy five minutes, if they need all five minutes. All right. Uh, here we go. First up, my guy, Papa Dragon. Papa Dragon, good morning. How you doing? Papa Dragon? Papa Dragon. All right, Papa Dragon's not there. Uh, got him backstage. He'll be back in a second. All right, here we go. Don't. What 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 what's it? Don't bother me. All right, there we go. Uh oh, don't don't. Now you're driving the big rig, so you know you got. Uh oh, we can't hear you either. How come we can't hear you? We couldn't hear Papa Dragon. No, I still can't hear you. Okay, hold on. Yeah, I got you now. I got you now. All right, the ring is parked. My headset be tripping sometimes, man. Oh. So first and foremost, like when I come, when it comes down to Kyle and this whole situation with the quarterback, I feel like Kyle wants an offense that he can control. And what I mean is not just the quarterback. He wants a quarterback who's not going to improvise. He, like you said, he wants that ball out and he wants it to his hot read because Kyle designs plays for somebody to be open. If if you're looking for that second and third read too many times, Kyle's going to move on from. And, so can I give an example of that? Yep. Um, it, it was a George Kittle was on the podcast and he talked about how Kyle, I want to say it was George Kittle, where he ran this play, knowing it's probably not going to work. Right early in the game, he ran it. Then he showed them to it again, thinking might not work. Showed it to him again, thinking it might not work. But then later in the game, he came back to it with a big play action off of it, and then I think that's when they hit Debo Samuel uh, on that crosser, and then he went for a 75-yard touchdown. So, like, his thing is, I'm setting these things up for them to be successful later. You bet not miss when I set it up, right? Like, And, and if you do, whew, he's, he's going to be hot, which is very understandable, very, very, very understandable. So, you know, I, I, I get it. I get it. Right. No, I completely agree with that. But then also when I was the, offense, the reason I say controlling the offense is because last year against Dallas, we had that broken play where Kittle improvised as a receiver. Purdy hit him. Kittle takes it for, for however many yards he went for. But in the situation, when I watch our quarterback scramble, when they're trying to see if players are open, I'm going to use Seattle as a good example of this. I don't see too many Niner receivers improvise at the end of their route. It's almost like if you see our quarterback scramble to the right, all the receivers to the left, nobody has any extra flow. A lot of people are standing flat-footed, just like, well, I guess he's not coming back here. And I think a lot of that comes from Kyle's, Kyle's control of, like, look, we're not doing improvision. Run what you're supposed to run. And I think that some of that is kind of why we might have seen Ayuk in the doghouse. Yeah, and, and I think – your receivers, again, I talked about the Kansas City Chiefs earlier and Patrick Mahomes and what I thought made him so special, especially early on, is his ability to improvise, you know, because I thought it was more of a, uh, Kelsey not open. Okay, let me just start moving around. And he move around and he makes some special plays. And his receivers and pass catchers really got used to that. So if you watch uh, Travis Kelsey, if you watch uh, Tyreek Hill when he was there, man, they run their route, instantly look, where's he at? And then they start moving around to free themselves up and get open all over the field. I think that made their offense even more dangerous. But because the offense, everybody wants timing and rhythm, of course. But that wasn't the end-all, be-all with their offense. And you saw this certain level of really just scary 
aspect to it. Uh, and I think that's the part where the 49ers haven't really grasped that because it is so much running around this way, just like this, do this, do this, and then it'll be a big hitter. And a lot of times it is. And that's why uh, I think when they do throw it, the passing game is so successful, but they definitely lack a pure drop back passing game. And I think that's part of the reason why. Yeah. And I agree with all of that. This year, I honestly think if Trey gets the playing time, we will see Kyle open up a new offense. I do feel like there's a part of Kyle that wants to evolve with the league into this passing league, and that's why he drafted a quarterback like Trey Lance. That's why he, de- he drafted the, de- the Danny Grays, because he wants to work on a quick offense but also have the speeds that complement the quarterback that can get the ball there. The question is, are, are we ever going to see it come to fruition because – Unfortunately, we've seen unfortunately we've seen Trey's injuries, and I mean Pur- Purdy has proven that he deserves his starting spot. I take nothing from Purdy. I take nothing from Purdy, but I still want to see what Lance can bring to the table if he gets back to back games and he gets the playing time to get in a flow with the speed of what the league brings to the table. I hear you, man. Good stuff. Uh, all right, I'm gonna get to the uh, the next caller, but I I agree. That oh was yeah, good. I was about to get out of here so I can get back to moving these trailers, man. So all I appreciate right. you having me, man. Everybody have a blessed day and stay faithful. All right, stay faithful. I like that. Stay faithful, y'all. Stay faithful. Uh, we got CJ Gray in the chat. He says Jimmy couldn't play off script, uh, so the coach and players was used to that. With Brock, you saw the players get used to extending player plays in the scramble drill. Uh, I would say, you know what? Again, it's not something that happened a lot, but if you got to look, Jimmy, Jimmy did here and there do some like off script stuff, and I I've seen that on social media where uh and it's it's great I I never understood the thing of I got to tear down this player to prop up this other player right and we're talking you know and that's not what you're doing here CJ you're you're just kind of using Jimmy as an example but people did that on social media like oh see. It's just a random play, Brock Purdy moving around, make a throw. They're like, Jimmy could never do that. And then it's like, oh, well, actually, boom, Jimmy did it here. Boom, Jimmy did it here. Boom, Jimmy did it here. Like, there were several times. Hell, he did it last year. Uh, that touchdown throw to uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey against the L.A. Rams. Stepped up, moved left, bounced out to the right, you know, threw the ball, kept his eyes upfield, threw him, touchdown to Christian McCaffrey. He did it. Dang, there was this other game. Oh, the Chargers. Down the right sideline, Jimmy G, step up, start to move around, roll out, on the move, boom, throw the ball downfield to Ray Ray McLeod. So Jimmy did do it. It's just, you know, obviously it wasn't a staple of his game because I don't think it's a staple in uh, uh, Coach Kyle Shanahan's game. All right, here we go. Papa Dragon. Good morning. How you doing? I still can't hear you for some reason. Y'all hear Papa Dragon? Make sure it ain't just me. All right. We don't hear Papa Dragon. All right, we're gonna we're gonna send Papa Dragon backstage, and we got my guy CG Ruthless. What up, what's, man? What's up, man? See you on Wednesday, but hey, let's talk about this yeah. offense that you're talking about, man. Um, I think the short intermediate passes is what Kyle Shanahan prefers on his quarterback, not the deep passes. More like like everybody's been saying, dink and dunk in some perspective. What do you think of what Shanahan provides on that offense? Uh, ask that question again. Well, Kyle Shanahan prefers more of a quarterback that's a short intermediate pass. So it kind of like becomes more of a dink and dunk if you think about it. Uh, okay. I, th- 
just my opinion. I think that Kyle dials up everything in the offense. So, just another example. Against the Houston Texans, Trey Lance at quarterback. Guys, I'm just using that as an example. Man, they be, you know, you know how the comment section get, and they start to tripping. But just using that example, Trey Lance, he drops back, right? This is right before the half. He looks left, looks left, goes right, throws a go route to Brandon Ayuk. It was that one against the Texans where uh, Ayuk only got one hand on the ball, and it was almost a touchdown. Do you remember that play? Yeah. On the right yeah, side, right? I don't think that that's, that's not what Kyle, however Kyle drew the play up, I can almost assure you it was not to throw a backside fade to Brandon Ayuk. So Kyle really just, his shot plays are dialed up. The touchdown that Trey Lance had in that game to uh, uh, Samuel, right? Uh, uh, George Kittle touchdown throw from uh, Jimmy Garoppolo against the Green Bay Packers, right? Like when it's a shot play, like he's going to dial it up. So everything else, I wouldn't even say it's dink and dunk. It's just playing in the rhythm, playing the offense in the rhythm, things working off of the run game. I think that the 49ers passing game works off of the run game. Uh, so I, I have heard the dink and dunk thing. I don't even think it's that unless you start seeing quarterbacks on the 49ers bypass throwing a wide open dig to check it down, which you don't see a whole lot of. Um, so I don't think it's so much dink and dunk. I think it's just, hey, we're going to throw – you know, these are the shots, and within the offense, these other things should be open, and they do a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of the plays on our offense, it does come into the short intermediates where the receivers break in those tackles. Those are where the big plays come into. Like when Debo had that 80-plus yard play from Jimmy Garoppolo against the Bears, wasn't that part of the play how we throw the short intermediate pass? You talking about the screen? Yeah. Uh, uh, I think that was just a throwaway play. Throwaway play, but you see how that was like a short pass, right? And it became more of our, our extent of the offense, right? Short well, that, that was different, though, because you're talking about it was like third and 20. And in third and 20, you just – you don't really have a play for third and 20. So it's just like, all right, we're just going to throw a screen. Maybe we get, you know, eight yards or something. Maybe we get 10, and we just kind of work to flip field position, and then we punt the ball away from there. But Debo just took it 80. So I, I think that was more of that, like, than – Oh, this is a dink and dunk offense. It it was just a it was just a screen to try to pick up a few yards to help with flip field position and then punt the ball away. Yeah, and then getting Christian McCaffrey does make our offense more in the passing game, which we do a lot of these passes, and that's where Christian yeah. McCaffrey is very effective the most. Right. Now that I, I agree. And I think Christian has maybe contributed to, you know, we hear a lot of dink and dunk with 49ers, and I'm like, ah, I don't think I don't think Brock Purdy is a dink and dunk quarterback. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is a dink and dunk quarterback. But I think the addition of Christian McCaffrey definitely made them more comfortable with throwing those shorter routes late and downs to him, knowing that they could rely on him to catch the ball. So uh, we definitely saw more of that as, you know, Christian McCaffrey, which I think is a good thing. You know, I think that's a good yeah. thing. It's a huge part of the offense. Like, if you look at the old offense of what Bill Walsh ran, you had Roger Craig, who was more of that outlet receiver, just like McCaffrey yeah. is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, all right bro. Wednesday with y'all, man. You and my guy, Josh Hart. 
Yeah, me and Josh Harp will have you on Wednesday, bro. I got you under the cover of the link, man. For anybody else, man, tune in. But, hey, Croc, keep up the good work, bro. We'll talk some DBs or whatever you prefer, brother. All right, sounds good. All right, bro, salute. All right. All right, here we go. Good show, man, good show. I appreciate everybody that tuned in, everybody that locked in, everybody hit the like button, everybody that contributed to coming on live. Uh, I love all the takes. Man, I'm looking at the chat. There's some people that agree, disagree. That is awesome. I think that creates good dialogue, especially at this point in the offseason. And I want to make it clear, nobody hates Kyle Shanahan. At least I don't. Uh, I think we just look at, man, like trying to figure out just who everybody is and just have a fun conversation. I don't think that content creating has to be – I have a light going out or something – has to be about who's right and who's wrong. Like when I have like discussions with my bros – my brothers, my my homies, right? It, it we just talk. We're just talking for sports, and that's what I want this to be like. But man, it, you know, sometimes I feel like the the comment section kind of gets away from that, where is takes it like further than just we're just talking about sports. But man, we just talking about sports, man. We just talking about sports. So I appreciate everybody. Um, I love y'all. I hope everybody has a, a, a great day. We are definitely about to get out of here, man. Uh, hit the like button and subscribe to this video. Subscribe to this video. Hope everybody has a great day. Uh, get your steps in. They recommend you know, you know 10 to 12,000 steps, man. That's gonna have you feeling a little bit better. Get a little workout in. It releases some you know happy endorphins and all that type of stuff. Uh, we want to age right. 37 years old. I feel good though. I feel good right now. So shoot, man. Hit the like button, subscribe button, and we're gonna come back shoot soon. I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow. I think tomorrow. Till then, I'm out. Peace.